Hello and welcome to Sip Sip Hooray, the podcast for wine lovers who want to enjoy a delicious glass, learn more about how it's made and who's making it, and stay up to date on the world of wine. What you won't find on this podcast is snobbery. No, thank you. We like to keep it real and keep it accessible to all. And in fact, the topic of access, diversity, equity, and inclusion is on our minds today as we sit down with Falana Bouvier. She is a busy woman with a lot on her plate. She is president of Domain Estates, and she is co-founder of Be The Change, an organization dedicated to bringing a diverse group of people into the world of wine. We are the two Marys who like to eat, drink, and be merry. I Mary Babbitt. And I'm Mary Orlin, and today we're getting an insight into the business side of wine. Falana Bovier is a powerhouse in this industry. She started on the wholesale side, working in distribution, and over the past 20 years, she's been a rising star. Now, as president of the Napa Valley-based Domain Estates, Falana oversees a portfolio that includes many storied wineries, such as Heights Cellars, Burgess, and Stony Hill. Falana started her wine career in distribution. Now she's on the import side, and through Domain Estates, they are bringing a global portfolio of fine wine to our shelves, to our wine glasses. Um, she has been an industry leader and a champion of diversity of women in 2019. Falana was awarded 750 Daily's Drink Innovator of the Year for her work in spearheading efforts to increase the number of women in wholesale executive positions. She's bringing women along, working to expand opportunities for them in management and leadership roles. And since she's been at Domain Estates, she's launched another initiative, Dream It, Live It, which we'll hear about more. Um, and it all, it's all about, for her, equality, fairness, respect, and a little fun fact about Philana, she loves her champagne. So Philana, welcome to Sip Sip Hooray. Thank you so much for those beautiful, kind words, and it's an honor to be here with both of you. Uh, thank you so much. I am so excited for this conversation. Oh, great. We are too. And before we get into your day-to-day, -day, which sounds like crazy busy. Um, why don't we back it up and you tell us how you actually, if you would, tell us how you got into wine. When did that start for you and, and what was your wine journey like? Oh, thank you so much. It was, uh, it was I always uh, appreciate uh, being able to tell the story and, and thank you so much for allowing me to share it. I had a very untraditional uh, growing up into the wine business because I always consider it that the wine business found me. Oh, wow. <laughs> More than I, right? It's, uh, it was really, you know, a story of, of myself being able to, to grow up. I grew up on my own. I am a survivor. And I'm, I'm proud to, to, to really talk about my journey mm. because you... it, it really resembles a lot about who I am today and, and, and in the values that Domain Estate stands for. I started in the wine business, just, you know, how most people start through hospitality and work in the hospitality industry for about seven years uh, in the restaurant side before I was, you know, I was interested in getting into the industry. And at the time I was raised in Hawaii. So I came to Hawaii uh, right before my 17th birthday and spent some time there. And I had separated from my family when I was really young. 
So I am, I am definitely someone that came on their own um, and grew up without the guidance of my parents at the time during my most formative years. Wow. And after being in the restaurant industry and working, you know, in, in restaurants in Waikiki, I was able to get a job and I started at the very bottom as a merchandiser for Anheuser-Busch. Mm. And it was through that time that I, in Hawaii, not only did I start at the bottom, but I did have the opportunity to work for two great companies, which is Anheuser-Busch and also at Southern Wine and Spirits. And I started just like how you start, they, they call it carrying the bag. And on my own, I got into merchandising, became a sales rep and was able to be promoted over to the wine business at Southern and became a wine salesperson. And that's really how my career started was from the bottom all the way, you know, climbing my way into the industry and getting more involved with wine distribution. I had been in distributor. I, I, I sit back here and I look back at my career. I've been with distribution for about 20 years. And through my time in Hawaii, there was a lot of, obviously, I went through the organization as a sales rep and served at every level of a wholesaler from being in Hawaii and moving actually back to California and serving on the management side. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I as I look back on that time, it's, it's crazy to think how fast, at the time it didn't seem very fast, mm-hmm. but it went by. So it, I look back and it actually did go by very, very quickly. But I learned early on uh, that it was so important for me that I, I I really had to kind of serve at every level and enjoy the journey of being a sales rep and a division manager, going into pricing, portfolio management, getting into executive management, and really finally accomplishing being the first female general manager, executive vice president, um, being promoted to oversee a distributor for the first time in the history. And I did that wow. at 35 years old. And, uh, That's amazing. Yeah, it was a it was an incredible part of my life and extremely difficult. <laughs> sure, well, sure. Um, so tell us about some of the challenges you faced. It sounds like you had them both personally and um, professionally and how you overcame them. Yes. Um, you know, you have to overcome them with a lot of resilience, obviously. And, and I think it's so important about mentorship, which is why I have become and I continue will always be a champion for diversity and for all identities, especially into the wine, into the wine space. And at the time, the wholesaler space, you know, when I was going through uh, my career and having to really climb and get into different levels of management, you know, you do have the door slammed in your face many, many times because I came from an untraditional background. Yeah. I didn't have the same education as my peers. And so you really had to prove yourself and, and work extremely hard to ensure that you have a seat at the table. And I will say it's very important, especially for, for people that are listening out there, that, you know, there is there is no shortcut to hard work. And people do recognize when someone works hard and is able to add value to an organization, which is something that I I pride our teams in. And and we push and encourage creativity to ensure that everyone has a chance and a seat at the table because I look at my own experience and how difficult it was. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest obstacles, especially for young women and also for diverse identity, for everyone, you know, people from diverse backgrounds 
is the lack of access that right. you don't have in order to get a seat at the table, mm-hmm. right? Which is which has been my hallmark and my trademark my entire career, right? And it's and it starts so young. I mean, it's it's you're not even aware of the of the wine culture. You're not being exposed to it as a young child. You're not uh, watching. I think so much of what happens in children is seeing kind of the mirroring that happens. They see what the adults in their world are doing and they can mirror some of that and they are learning just through osmosis. And you didn't have any of that. I mean, you know, your story sounds to me entirely self-made. Oh, thank you. Well, I have a, I had a lot of help and I give a lot of credit to, you know, you have to have very strong mentors that can provide you the constructive feedback. And there are hard days because that constructive feedback is, is, is perceived as, wow, you know, I, I have to make some changes in my life in order to get ahead. And you have to be open to receiving and also providing feedback and being a mentor and a mentee. And I, I look back at my wholesale career. I was very fortunate because although it is an extremely male dominated industry and it's getting better, you mm-hmm. see that there are some great strides that have been made by the larger wholesalers, which is fantastic to see. But at the time when I was the GM, I was the only woman in the room, but I didn't realize that because what I was doing was very focused on was being the best leader that I can be for my team members, right? Learning the job, Mm -hmm. understanding the nuances of wine, understanding operations and understanding how to be a leader at such a young age, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Fine wine is a is a journey, and it's interesting because most people in the fine wine journey, you take your, you know, you, you you take the WSET, you take your fine wine training. There are there's a reason why there are steps and courses to get you there, and it's absolutely valid to do those things. I unfortunately did not have the opportunity, like everybody else, to to do that because I had to do it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which which is not something I would recommend. <laughs> That's inc- but it's incredible that you did it. You talk yeah. about the hustle and the the grind that that must have been. You know, you're you're playing catch up while also trying to stay ahead in your job. It's like kind of both things. You're trying to catch up on stuff that you didn't the process you didn't get to learn along the way while also staying current in your job and also getting ahead. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going backwards, forwards and, you know, treading water also. Absolutely. But, you know, that's the beauty of women, right? We mm. are the ultimate multitaskers. Mm-hmm. That's true. Women can do it. Women can do that. And that's what makes, that's why it's so important. And I've been, you know, I am extremely passionate because women do have the ability to do all those things and get the job done and do it with compassion. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes us great leaders. Well, you, so you mentioned, you mentioned you had mentors along the way. Um, can you tell us about some of those mentors or role models who helped you and maybe an example or two of um, how they helped? Absolutely. You know, I, I, I give a lot of credit to the Underwood family. Uh, Vern and Chris Underwood, and I, I will always, I always give credit to this family because they saw a light in a young woman and gave me an incredible opportunity when I came over from Hawaii, and they brought me on board into the family into Young's Market Company and gave me okay. my first big job, which was the vice president for national accounts at Young's, and that started a ten-year career at Young's that ultimately led me to being the executive general manager for Hawaii and then back to California 
as their senior vice president for new business development. And I, I mentioned them because they didn't have to give me that opportunity. They opened the door for me. I still did all the work. Of course. But they said, you know, I'll never forget when I met Mr. Underwood. And I, I, I have so much respect for that family because they gave me an opportunity that no one else would have. Mm-hmm. And, and to take a chance on a young woman that was from Hawaii with no, no real, uh, if you if you talk about when, it, when you talk about leadership, there's always two things that a leader needs. It's hard skills and soft skills, right? The soft skills are the networking and, and being able to, um, to bring things together and having the social skills and, and, and those skills are so important when it comes to a leader. The hard skills are the technical skills, right? The financial skills, the skills that you learn in college. And they took the time to surround me with a very strong group of people to provide me the hard skill set that I needed to be successful. And that's what true mentorship is about, is being able to recognize in a young person, here's what you can do, and here's how I am going to bring out the best in you but also to round your skill set out, you need to learn the following things so you can achieve what you need and push you and challenge you in order to accomplish your goals. And it was an extremely important time in my life because I learned that I was lucky. I consider myself extremely fortunate that I was surrounded by two people, right? in the Underwood family and their management team that believed in me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that to me was, was very invaluable. Well, clearly they saw something in you and, but, but it also took your jumping in and, and saying, this is an opportunity, taking it and running with it. Absolutely. And I, and, and look, it's, it, it's interesting because when you give, when you provide a young person an opportunity, sometimes they don't want the same, right? They can't, it doesn't mean that they can't do it. It means that, you know, they may not be able to have the, they may not be able to, right? And we have, and as mentors, you have to be okay with that too. I think so much so, you know, I, I think in the, the mentor in me, when I, and I work with the young person, ultimately, it's really about the young person. It, it's up to them to, to get, to be able to do the work itself. You can provide the resources and the tools, but it's about inspiring the person to progress and to advance, and so for myself, what I've learned, especially with mentoring, is not only is it important to be a mentor, but to also to be a really great mentee, right? And mm-hmm. to listen yes. to what they need in order to have them be successful. And it means that you may have to pivot. It means you have to make some changes. And, and I'm very humble when I say this, you know, in, even in my career, I, I was promoted, I was demoted, and I was promoted. Yeah. Right. And in order for me to get the role that I landed here today, I, I went through kind of a, I call it the zigzag approach. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 there was no straight line for me to get here. It wasn't like I climbed and climbed and kept going. Mm-hmm. I climbed and then I kind of took 10 steps back. I kind of went to the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's life. Right. Well, tell us, for people who don't know, tell us about, since you spent so much time in the world of distributorship, tell us what that world looks like. What is it you're focused on there? And is it about trying to um, provide 
the public with the beverages they want? Is it about shaping what the public might, you know, knowing ahead of time what they might, might want? What is the, uh, you know, you led a major distribution group. So tell us what, what that work involves. Absolutely. So the, the wholesale environment, and it's, it's a great question because it's really about education with the three tier system. And why the value of the three tier system is so important is you have the supplier that sells to the wholesaler and then the wholesaler sells to the retailer and the retailer sells to the ultimate consumer. And that process is important because wholesalers provide tax revenue, they provide jobs to the state. And it's extremely important because it's an entity that, that ensures that there's dis- distribution with wine and spirits. So distributors have a great power when they can really build, help build and distribute your wine and spirits. That's, yeah. what, that's what they're supposed to do, right? And over time, what happens with distributors is a really great distributor that's being able to act and execute at all levels is someone that can bring you into their marketplace, distribute you, but also it's about communication with the supplier to ensure that they're building their brand. But the biggest misconception is a distributor's role is to distribute. It is not the role of the distributor for consumer pull. Consumer pull lies on the marketer and the supplier. The distributor can get you 150 points of distribution, but if it doesn't pull off the shelf, that's not the distributor's fault. <laughs> Interesting. And what happens is suppliers, and, and I've been on both sides, they feel like the distributor has to do everything, but they can't. A, a true partnership is when you have a supplier and a distributor working together to ensure the tools or resources are there for the salespeople to get your brand out into the marketplace to enhance and increase visibility. But ultimately, it's the marketer and the supplier that has to ensure that the consumer pull is there. That's mm-hmm. why marketing is very important, but that falls on the, that falls on the marketer. Okay. That is so interesting because I think, you know, it's, I don't think most people think about that when they pull a bottle of wine off a shelf, uh, you know, and, or when they visit a winery that there's, there's a whole process of getting people uh, access to that wine around the country or around the world, you know, there's, and, and there's a whole process in place that helps different wines get onto people's tables and into people's classes. Absolutely. And you know, and, and for the consumer, they don't need to know, right? I mean, <laughs> That's true. Because to be available. I, I always, I used to say this with the distributor, my job is to make sure that your wine spirits are in stock and on the shelf. That was my job, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that at any turn at your favorite restaurant or your favorite retailer, the wine is available, your spirits are available, and it's not out of stock. That is the job of the distributor. And you don't, you know, the consumer doesn't need to be worried about how it gets there. They just want to make sure they can get it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we do, right? right? I, I look mm-hmm. at it. It's interesting because now I'm on the other side of the business. And it's so extremely important to make sure that you have that respectful relationship with the distributor and respect the wholesaler for what they're doing because they're the ones that have to pay to ensure that the wines are warehoused correctly, that they're refrigerated, that they get to the point mm-hmm. and destination on time and it gets to the shelf. And there's all these people and processes that make sure that when you walk into your favorite restaurant or you sit down, you sit down to order your favorite bottle of wine, it's there, mm-hmm. right? My job is to make sure at the time when I was at the distributor, my job was to make sure it got there. Mm-hmm. 
But for the supplier, their role, which is now my role, is to make sure that when you go sit down at a restaurant and order it, you're going to order a bottle of Heights, right? I don't make sure the is at the top of your, that's my responsibility now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, tell us about that. Tell us what you're doing now. <laughs> uh, so Domain Estates is a fine wine sales and marketing organization. And it was founded by uh, just an amazing, I, I am so grateful to be working with Carlton McCoy Jr. and the Lawrence family. And if anyone knows who, who Carlton is, who's our, our oh, CEO, yes. yes, he's fantastic. And has a show out on uh, called The Nomad. Yeah. And is, I you know, it is a gift to work for a wonderful, amazing leader such as Carlton because it is. It, when I met him, it was a complete shock to me that I could work for someone that was extremely compassionate and understood diversity at a different level than what I had been used to. And it, it and what makes that so different is. I came from the machine, right? I was I was at the wholesale for 20 years, 20 years of just this corporate wholesale machine. And I learned a lot. And I'm so glad I learned those skill sets, the hard skills that you need to run a business. And then you meet someone like Carlton, who not only has an amazing hard skill set, but also has some of the best soft skills in the, in the world, right? He is someone that moves at an extremely fast level, is mm-hmm. very effective extremely high energy, uh, charismatic, but allows leaders to grow and, and, and he builds organizations. He's a builder and he's a, you know, he is a visionary. It's an honor to work with him. That's amazing. I mean, I've been watching Nomad. It's a new series on CNN. And it's, um, if you've been a fan of the Anthony Bourdain series or Stanley Tucci's, um, Italy series, it's in that vein where, um, Carlton is going around to different countries, different cities, and he's really discovering not just the food and the wine, but he's telling stories through the culture, through the people, um, through the um, struggles that people face. Yes. And and I was just amazing. amazed. You know, Mary and I produced a wine TV show. We know what it takes to do that. And so for him to juggle the TV show. Yeah. And, I know, like 10 companies. And, and, yeah. <laughs> how does he do it? How do you do it? You know, I um, I always thought I was a hard worker until I met Carlton. He, It's inspiring <laughs> to be around him, right? I mean, I feel like when I'm around him, you you, you want to run through a wall for him. And, and it's, it's, it's really, it's been the best experience. It's an adventure. Uh, because he is not only a great listener, but he's also very compassionate and he believes in, you know, people come first in our organization. He provides, we have unlimited executive coaching for all the executive team. He takes a great deal of time to ensure that we have the resources we need. We're diverse by nature, right? He Mm -hmm. understands, he comes from a very similar background as myself, is very, you know, extremely tough and and he's tough-minded, but he's also, but he's very compassionate. And he moves quickly. So mm-hmm. you have to catch up, right? Mm-hmm. And, but he has fantastic vision. He, he's, I mean, I, I cannot say enough things about Carlton because he, he really is, he deserves everything he has and more. And the best is yet to come with him. And he's a, he's a very down to earth person to be around as well. What he, an exciting place for you to be. It, yes, I, I, um, 
I, I'm very fortunate that we have been that we had the ability to find each other and work with each other. Because when we first met, it was, you know, I I'm coming from the distributor and I get asked this question a lot, you know, Flana, you're leaving 20 years of a machine and now you're gonna go work for, you know, be a president for this really unknown entity. But when I met Carlton and I saw his vision, it was a no-brainer for me. Because when you have the opportunity to start clean with a piece of paper, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because of all the work it's going to involve and all the, you know, <laughs> because it's like, oh man, do I have the, what it takes to make this happen? And I'm, it's super exciting that both of you, both Carlton and, and, and you feel like, yeah, given an opportunity, give me the chance. Let me show you what I can do. So I love that. Um, when you, uh, so, so with Domain Estates, you, uh, I, give me like a snapshot of what a day looks like for you. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is this is a great question. It's extremely busy. Uh, you know, as you know, Domain Estates is also very fast moving. We, I, I pride ourselves because not only do we represent the domestic owned winers of the Lawrence family, which is Heights, Burgess, Brendel, which we just launched Brendel last year, and we have a tasting a wine bar in downtown Napa. Uh, you have Stony Hill, which is just celebrating its 70th year this year. And if, if anyone's been to Stony Hill, it's just it's oh, it's, dreamy. It is. And it's it's run by an amazing group of women that's being led by the estate director, Michaela Kelly, and she's fantastic. And uh, you, we have just beautiful winers that we represent domestically that are owned by the Lawrence family. And then in addition to that, we're an importer. And we brought on three producers this year alone in the last 45 days with a new Sancerre, um, a Chablis, a La and Carome, which is a, a Barolo and Barbaresco. In addition to that, we're about to announce a fourth producer. And then last year, we announced two other producers, Domaine de Monti uh, and also Le Grand Ha Champagne. Mm. And it's, you know, to bring on that many producers at the same time, I mean, I, I do get questions from, you know, obviously the trade, they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, how do you move so fast? But we're able to do it because we have an amazing team. Mm -hmm. We have an amazing team. I am super proud of what we've built here. We brought on uh, Scott Diaz, who's my senior vice president of global brand strategy and marketing. And he has an incredible team that works with him. And our brand team is one of the best in the business. I, I would put them up against anyone. And I'm talking versus the big guys. We, we do a fantastic job of ensuring that our brand team is absolutely connected with our sales team, which has been led by our senior vice president of global sales, Layla Pearson, and her team of eight people that we have across the country that are also doing an incredible job. And so we work at an incredible fast pace. We, and I've spent the last year, I've only, I just made my one year anniversary really building all the facets of the company in the background and the operations and the brand new sales team, as well as the marketing team and bringing on imports. And you have to do it with people. You have to do it with people. So that's why it's important to us that people do come first because you, I, 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 want, I wouldn't be able to do it by myself. That's for sure. Uh, as uh, we've all seen, the wine consumers have changed, especially in the past two, two and a half years with the pandemic. And I was in researching the show today, 
I saw something you said about wineries needing to be flexible and change their perspective of who the consumer is. How, how do you do that? Absolutely. Well, you know, what the pandemic made us, what taught us is it turned consumers online, right? Right. So we have to make sure that you're investing in your digital marketing because of the growth of e-commerce, but also it's because where contemporary customers are and future customers are accessing brand information. So we need to meet them there with a strong expression of our brands. So it is so important now more than ever in the way that we speak to consumers and you have to be authentic and intentional. What's happening, and I think one of the most positive things, I mean, there's obviously some terrible things that happened the last two years and it was it was extremely challenging for a lot of people. But one thing that you that we can't ignore is the millennial generation and what the, what they did to to purchasing items now. Right? They mm-hmm. are looking into your ethos, into your social responsibility, to understanding who they're buying, and they want to feel good about the products that they're buying. They put mental health first and foremost, which is very important. Mm-hmm. If you look back at you know my time. And, you know, in my generation, if I would have brought up mental health 15 years ago at the wholesaler, I would not have gotten the same reaction today. Oh, no. And so you have to really give credit to that this generation today that brought that forward because it is important. And when it comes to marketing to consumers, you know, what what is so fantastic and what we do here in Carlton's vision is it's about creating experiences that are authentic and genuine. Mm-hmm. And be able to tell the legacy of wineries and sharing the story across all channels to your consumer. That's mm-hmm. what's going to make you successful. And, and it's important because it's allowing consumers a choice that they feel good about what they purchase, which mm-hmm. is which we need them to do that. They need to feel good about it. They absolutely do. And we need to bring more and more people into that tent, right? That's correct. So tell us about be the change and how you got involved co-founding this organization. So what does that mean? And, and, and what are you doing with that? Oh, uh, yes. So be the change was a digital job fair. We, we did two, two job fairs. It was extremely successful. And the idea was we brought together a group, of, you know, an incredible group of co-founders and myself of women that met during COVID. And the one thing I noticed and this is while I was working at RNBC, is the fact that the employment rate was dropping, right? There were so many people in the hospitality industry that were losing their jobs. right? And so the idea was how do we bring back the workforce and encourage people to apply for roles in the wine industry, but do it in a digital job space? And we partnered with an incredible technology company called Brazen that sponsored us. And they had their own DEI initiatives and they wanted to sponsor an organization that was able to really live their values. And um, it was an incredible time because it, it was at the height of the pandemic. It was uh, two years ago. Uh, you know, I meet these uh, incredible women. We get together just like this virtually. And we decide, you know, let's create a digital job fair where we're able to open up the wine and spirits space on a digital, uh, uh, on Brazen, which is like speed dating. And so we're speed dating. Oh, that's great. So you that's go online. That's a great analogy. I love that analogy. Yeah, you go online and you click onto these booths 
it was such an incredible um uh the way we did it in the organization how it came together and you you go online to this to the site you click on be the change and then all these booths show up so you have all the different suppliers and the wine suppliers that are there so let's say you have constellation tito's bacardi you know these were all uh sponsors of ours and you click onto it and there's all these jobs that pop up so you can apply for a job without having to fly get ready you can apply for a job online in your living room right mm -hmm. during covid and it was an opportunity for wineries and spirits spirit companies to open up the door because they needed to find people and the hospitality industry had suffered so much because restaurants were closing and we were extremely successful because we opened up the job space to you know hundreds of thousands of job openings and were able to have candidate success where they could find a job online and then you would be able the candidate does 20 interviews in a span of an hour and a half if you think about that wow think about how much you get done you get 20 interviews in an hour and a half and you just go boom 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 and just mm -hmm. go down the line and you can scroll around to, it's a virtual job fair yeah and it was you know i also learned a lot uh, our co-founders and i learned a lot about that space because you see how people now you're on an even playing field because it's not you upload your resume but even i we always taught this if you change we want to make sure that we're going to help you we're going to open up the job space for you but it's still up to the candidate to do the networking to follow up afterwards to oh, sure push, right to do all the things you need to do when it comes to a job interview but i'll provide we'll provide the roles for you to apply for yeah it, that, that was like you said with change I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, it is no. like what you said about it's not just a role of the mentor to help, but it's a role there. The mentee also has a responsibility to be receptive to what they're hearing. So with Be the Change, it sounds like you were providing an opportunity, but the onus is on the person who who's uh, receiving the opportunity to take that ball and run with it. Right. That's right. To take the ball and run with it. And, and you know, we learned a lot with both visual job fairs because even with everything that we did to try to prep and prepare the candidate and you provide programs or you have you know we did free signups for a resume right how to update your resume right and how to present yourself you know even though we had done some of those things we also learned a lot we learned that on the recruitment side on the supplier side there still needs to be training on the supplier that's doing the interview right because you have to break down the barriers from that person as well mm -hmm. if you think about it if you look at a resume i mean if i look if someone looked at my resume it would look like i'm not qualified to be the president of the united states right because i don't have the college degree mm -hmm. so you can't judge a person based on whether or not they see the hard skill sets on a resume the role of a recruiter is to look beyond that and really to find the right person and to identify certain skill sets and then also skill sets that you know maybe can be improved but you're willing to take a chance on them and to invest in them and so what we learned is the recruitment side still needs a lot of training and this is about progress and advancement that's a really good point you know because um it you just you have to really see what makes up the whole person their whole background and experience and not just what you know checking off the checklist that's right and that's what if you look at the traditional recruiter 
they are going off of a checklist. So we learned from both job fairs that there is still a lot of work and improvement that needed to be done. And there are also candidates that felt that, mm -hmm. right? Because we were very open and transparent. How can we improve? So the feedback we received was, was extremely important because it's constructive. Mm -hmm. because yeah. In the end, it is about you have to recruit the right way, right? And what is the right way? And I think that is still to be, it, it, it's, it's a continuous journey, mm -hmm. right? There's no, it, it's all about learning and understanding what diversity, equity, and inclusion is, understanding how to educate yourself when it comes to a candidate that's applying for a role, and also looking at not only, yes, it's important to see whether or not an education obviously is always important, but also what their life experience is. Because if you have someone that has a fantastic life experience, but wasn't given the access and given fairness, that's equity, right? Exactly. And that, for me, I take very personally, which, you know, we, which leaves, which is why we launched Dream It, Live It, because I wasn't given the opportunity the same way the next person was given that had the hard skill sets that were necessary in the beginning and the traditional knowledge and education of going to school. Yeah. That person actually had a leg up on me at the time because I was getting turned down from so many roles that I wanted to do because I didn't have what it took on the resume. Right. So, the, the family support, the right. financial support, the uh, freedom to pursue the job that doesn't pay that well because your your family will help you pay the rent. You know, all those opportunities that come along with having a background that says, I am going to see you through to your destiny. I'm going to I want to provide all the opportunities for you. And for someone like yourself who didn't have that uh, family support, who had to do it on their own, it's a totally different ball game. So you need to pay rent. You need to uh, take care of yourself. And it's not just about like, what's the best opportunity? It's like, wait a minute, what's going to pay the rent? What's going to help me get food in my mouth? You know what I mean? There's so many different things that come come into play that I think when you talk about opportunity and background that... Uh, you know, it, it, there, it is, it, the playing field is certainly not level. That's correct. Yes. It, mm -hmm. it, and and uh, I appreciate you for saying that. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so tell I us. I admire you. So I, yeah, <laughs> thank you for sharing your story because I truly admire that you did it by yourself. Yeah. You did it by working your butt off and it's pretty cool. So Filiana, tell us, I'm sorry, Filana, tell <laughs> us about Dream It, Live It. Um, what the inspiration to start this initiative and how it works. Absolutely. So Dream It, Live It is our initiative, which is an annually selected professional partnership opportunity, which is aimed towards wine entrepreneurs. And what is, oh wait, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, well, I'll go through it. I'll go okay. through it. So it, for us, inclusion has always been powerful and the program empowers a more inclusive wine industry, one growing business at a time. So what, what Dream It, Live It is, is an intentional, action-oriented initiative that demonstrates a core belief that business is done with people and superior business is ethical, genuine, transparent, and inclusive. So what we do is we highlight shared value organizations that will benefit from a platform in providing visibility for partners by cultivating opportunity, offering access, and providing education. So it's executive MBA training on the job. Mm. Right. So what we do is we identify um, 
we work with different organizations and we work with one and this started uh this first year but we identified several organizations and one that really came forward was tish wiggins and her business is called tish around town it's a small business that's founded and run of course by tish wiggins she's based in texas she leads immersive trips to historic wine regions so she has a travel wine company and her and i met uh she is a scholarship recipient of the roots fund which is an organization that was co-founded by Carlton McCoy and his co-founders. And it's about increasing diversity at the, at the wine space. And so she came, she came to me and it was a really just, it's a beautiful partnership that we formed because she wanted to build a, uh, a travel company and have the access to come to Napa and create these immersive experiences that you normally would not get if you were just online or trying to book your own Heights experience. So what we do is we open up our network and we opened up, you know, access for her to meet with winemakers, to meet with the vineyard uh, team, to to really work with our brand team and to learn how to work and collaborate in different departments. And we created um, and she took the lead. She did all the work, which is what Dream at Live It is about. And she created the women in wine, um, women in wine experience that happened in March to celebrate Women's History Month. And they brought out, uh, her and her team brought out about 20 fine wine enthusiasts that had never been in the wine space before. That obviously it's a business, so it's a travel wine company. So it's like, you know, you booking a travel wine group tour, right? If you wanted to go out to Napa. Mm -hmm. And then through the week, I introduced her to, you know, uh, my partners over at Silver Oak, Domaine Carnero. So it's not just about our winery. And she mm -hmm. was able to curate a special trip that people would pay for, obviously, and a part of the um, part of the funds would go, of course, with the Roots Fund, and it would open up people to a different wine experience that they never had before. So we're helping her understand: okay, this is how you run a business. This is how you know you would look at your cash flow statement. This, you know, it's executive MBA training on the. It's like it's happening right now, and what we want to do is provide the tools and resources because she has it. And she does a phenomenal job. She's already a fantastic businesswoman, but never really had the access to all these wineries. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, I'm introducing her to my network, right? And to all the people in the Valley. So it's not just about uh, Domain Estates, but Remy Cohen, the president of, Dom of Domain Carneros, who's a dear friend, and, and allowing her to work with these leaders that she normally would never meet. And it is about access. And so that's what Dream It Live It is about. And every year, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, next year, we're doing Psalm Boot Camp, which is under the Dream It Live It initiative. And it's very similar. We're going to recognize young, aspiring sommeliers that don't get the recognition, mm -hmm. that don't have the access, and bring them out for an immersive experience with Carlton and our wine team so they have access and understand true wine knowledge and education, but through a different lens, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what Dream It Live It is about. That's fantastic. You know, um, to work as a sommelier, you have to know so many wines. And, you know, it, it's not an inexpensive career to embark on because of you need to go to the wine regions. You need to be in the vineyards. You need to see how things are done. You need to taste a lot of wine. And um, it's, you know, not everyone has, as you said, the access to that or the means. That's correct. And and we want to, and that's what, so, and the reason why we call it the dream that live it, and it was interesting because when we came together, the team and I here and the marketing team, you know, we brought everyone in the room and I said, you know, I, uh, because of my experience and, you know, I 
had been, I'm an action-oriented initiative, you know, person by nature, right? So I had an, I had an initiative when I was in Hawaii with the Women's Leadership Council. It was very important to ensure that women always had a seat at the table with WSWA, when I was with the wholesaler with Be the Change, and then now with Dream It, Live It. And I had asked our team, you know, but I want to make sure that everyone's on board because this isn't about me trying to hand this down. This is about inclusion and ensuring that we can recognize young wine entrepreneurs from the BIPOC community who don't have access to talk to business people, to, to really work with a business and to really grow your business, right? And my, my interest is to ensure that Tish is as successful as she can be, to provide her every, every access that she needs. And she's already doing it on her own. That's what's so great because it, it is about the person and the leader that's growing the business, but I want her to know that she has a support system to help her because there are tough days in running a business, right? And you need that support system to push you over those hard days. That has Absolutely. to be, it has to be really gratifying for you to help people like Tish and to see, you know, you have your own personal history and for you to lend you know, to reach back and pull someone else up. I love that. And tell me what that feels like for you when you get to see your, 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 you know, it's that pay it forward philosophy. Um, you've made it and now you're helping other people get there too. Oh, thank you. Well, it's, it's extremely, um, I, what makes me feel very good about it is seeing our team members at Domain Estates also go through the process of dream it live it and seeing how it changes a person's life when you do open up access and sometimes you don't realize it as someone that works in a large you know when you work in a large organization i used i used to say I, and i say this every day um but back in the day when i was running the distributor it was really important to me to say to other women it is our role as women to ensure that other women have a seat at the table don't be that woman that wants to be the only one there and, mm -hmm. uh, right. Mm -hmm. And there are women that in my career were intimidated, that didn't want a smarter woman at the table. But you should have so many, you should be surrounded by as much diversity as possible and not be intimidated by that. And so our role as women leaders is to make sure that everyone has a space and has an equal seat and is given the same opportunity. And if not, we say this here at Domain, you just create the table yourself. And that's what the name is. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's what Dream It Live It is about. It's not about okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna wait to be asked anymore. I'm just gonna create the space myself. And we want to encourage and provide confidence in young wine entrepreneurs that there are organizations out there that do want to pay it forward and invest in your future and in your dream. But and, and this is important and it's an important but you also have to do the work. So we'll support you and we're going to provide all the access you need, but also it's about learning how to be the best contributor and add value to what you're doing at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Well, you are such a busy person. Um, I'm wondering what you do to take care of yourself and kind of relax and get away from all the, um, the fast pace that you work at. Oh, it's a, I love that question. You know, I love to work. So to me, this is relaxing. <laughs> Girl, what do you do when you're not working? Yeah, what do I do you when I'm relax. not working? I mean, it's probably, uh, 
you know, I am always working. So for me, I think I I love a quiet. I mean, I I, I actually it's, it's funny. I lead a a very you know it's actually pretty quiet life because I I'm here at the office and I obviously love to do what we do here with our teams and 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 building and, and growing our, our our wineries and and of course the import business. So it doesn't leave a ton of time, but I do have. I do believe in self-care. I think that's very important because we as women have to ensure that we take care of ourselves first and foremost. And so mental health is very, very important to me. So I, I definitely do self-care is a priority. I have a self-care Saturday routine. So oh. every Saturday is just for myself. And it consists of, of course, you know, the things that I love to do, which is yoga and running and ensuring that I get all the things that I need and rest. And if it's if it's watching, you know, if it's watching my favorite show or if it's cooking, I always make sure that that Saturday is is my self-care Saturday. And so that is something that I I, I continue to keep. No one is able to interrupt my self-care Saturday. It's <laughs> Wow, that takes discipline. It's very, I'm very disciplined. So Saturday is my day. Um, and uh, it's, it, and it definitely works. I, I always take time. I do meditate. I think that's very important every morning. Mm. And I try my best not to be attached digitally all the time. Right. Good for you. Right. It's important. Like the first thing you do in the morning is I actually meditate versus looking at my phone because it, there's so much that the phone can do that can like set you off on a bad day. So oh, I just, right. yeah. <laughs> yes. anxiety, what, you know, there's an, any number just, of things. Yeah. Or there's just a number get, of things, right? It's the news or it's, yeah. it's the heart that's happening around you, the world. You get, you get sucked in and then two hours have gone by and you aren't getting done what you need to get done. Or you start your day feeling like you're already behind, which yes. is like <laughs> you see your email lift like, oh man. Uh, so yeah, that, that that's scary. Um, Mary Orlin mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you enjoy the occasional glass of champagne. So oh, I thought since, you know, sip, sip, hooray, tell us about like, if you like champagne, what kind of champagne, if there's other beverages, you know, other wine beverages or any other beverages, tell us about that. Like what, oh. what's your go-to like chillaxing bevy? Well, I love, we make, we actually import a beautiful champagne here called the Grand Haas, which is fantastic. They make mm -hmm. a, a Blanc de Blanc, which is from Chouy. And it's a beautiful, elegant champagne. I am definitely a bubbles girl. Mm -hmm. And I believe in drinking champagne every single day. If you love that, <laughs> that's great. It's, 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 I, I love champagne. I, it's, uh, it's celebratory for me every day. So I, I'm a big go to, you know, open a bottle of champagne and just relax. I don't drink every day, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but I do love champagne. And also, I love, you know, my favorite spirit is actually margaritas. I'm a big margarita. Oh. I love tequila. <laughs> I love tequila. But that's kind of a, you know, that's, and I definitely are not, I'm not able to drink tequila every day because I, I don't think I'd be able to. <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> I, I certainly couldn't. You wouldn't have the resume you have if you were drinking tequila every day. <laughs> no, but I do love it though. I do love it. Well, we have so enjoyed getting to know you today, Falana. Thank you so much. What a treat. You know, listening to your story, I'm just inspired and excited by your energy and your passion. You are a wonder. And honestly, it's been really gratifying to hear your story and be just, as I said, inspired by your optimism, your drive, intelligence. And also, thank you for opening doors for people, for providing opportunities to those who might otherwise be left out. 
and reminding us that if you don't have a seat at the table, maybe you should build a table for yourself or set a table for yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't wait. Don't think that, uh, gee, I'm just not included. Get, get to work. So, um, thanks for that. And, um, you know, we wish you, of course, continued success and what, I guess more bubbles. More bubbles. Absolutely. Yes, I hope to have you both here. We'd love to host you. We'd love have, to. So please come visit. We will. We will when we get the opportunity. Yes. And, you know, you. it's just, um, you know, I'm, I'm also inspired and I love, I'm going to borrow your Saturday routine. Um, Saturday self-care. Like, let's Saturday let's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. But yes, it's just been a pleasure getting to know you. And I'm excited. You know, I know you've only been at Domain for a year. I can't wait to see what you do and um, everything that it becomes under your leadership, along with Carlton. That's a very exciting time. Thank you so much. I uh, am grateful to you both, and uh, thank you for uh, thank you for this afternoon. What a what a wonderful conversation, and uh, I'm so honored to have met both of you, and and also the start of uh, relationship and friendship. So thank you. Aww, thank you. Thanks. Well, we're so happy and so grateful yeah. to you for spending the time with us. So happy oh, to get to God. know you, and um, thank you so much for Anytime. just not only a really dynamic podcast, but an inspiring one too. Oh, so yes, thank you. Yes. Cheers to that. Thank you Cheers. so much. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>well, that's going to do it for our show today. Thanks so much for listening. We hope if you enjoyed our podcast, you will share the Sip Sip Hooray podcast with your friends and family and spread the word. And you can do that by one, going to our website, sipsiphoorayspodcast.com. There you'll see all the different podcast platforms we are on and go to your favorite one and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode when it drops. And be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Sip Sip Hooray Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Sip Sip Hooray, the number one, on Twitter. Be sure to tag us with any photos. If you've tried any of these wines or been to the wineries, we'd love to hear from you. That's right. We want you in the Sip Sip Hooray family, so do stay in touch with us. And that's going to do it for us, Mary. It's time to go out and eat, drink, and be merry. Absolutely. We're going to pop the cork and raise a glass. <laughs> Cheers to you, Mary Orland. Cheers to you, Mary Babbitt. Sip Sip Hooray. Sip Sip Hooray. Sip, sip, hooray.